Hello and welcome to Mike Martin Asks. We've not done one of these for a while and that's because I didn't have the right guest, but I've been waiting to get tonight's guest on here for a while. It's taken me about six weeks of, from when I asked to get him on, which is which is a long time in most cases. Anyway, I won't tell you who he is, but I will say that he's an SEO expert, which is what we're all interested in. We love SEO. He's um, an online business strategist and he's got about 13 years experience in local SEO. Now, that's my favorite topic on the planet, health, local SEO, and I can talk all day. Uh, so this might be a long one. I don't know. Um, he's the founder of Semantic Mastery. So the guys who are in our niche now will know who I'm talking about. Um, Semantic Links, which uh, we'll talk about that later as well, and Local Fury. Um, he's taught SEO to lead generation students worldwide. So he's got students all over the world. He's been doing this forever. I mean, if you go into his websites, his video on there is from like seven, eight years ago of the intro video because he's been doing it that long. He's got 4,000 videos on his YouTube channel. He's a leading authority in the digital marketing world. And he's here to share some of his knowledge with us. Bradley Benner, tell us who you are, my friend. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a long time uh, since we chatted, and uh, we should probably do it more often, man. But I've always respected you and your products and all of that. And uh, so I, I, I feel like this has been long overdue. So I appreciate you inviting me on. And um, we'll certainly uh, return the favor and have you come guest host with us on one of our hump day hangouts. That would be awesome. I think I think since we've actually spoke face to face other than on webinars, it's been a couple of years, at least yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, time goes fast when you're getting old, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, well, like... when when you run it, I know your business is successful. Mine is very successful. I'm grateful for it. I'm very blessed for that. I know you are as well. And so it, time flies when you're having fun, you know what I mean? And making money. So I've actually got a sign on my gym wall that says, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And it's so true. It is. Yep. You work super hard at the beginning. You don't need to work as hard as you as you get as you get there because you start enjoying what you do and you do the things that you like that make money. Whereas at the beginning, it's yeah. like I just want to do everything to make money. Um, I mean, you guys have—I think you guys have been doing it on, on on a bigger scale than me for a long time. You guys have been around since is it 2014? I think the first time yeah, I. I think thir- yeah, I think we we formed a, the company Semantic Mastery in 2013, but I don't think we launched our first product until 2014. Um, and then, yeah, we've been at it ever since we, you know, we kind of focused in on local SEO. We, we had five partners, myself included. There was five of us originally, uh, and about three years ago, our Hernan, one of our partners, he, he went off cause he was like our PPC guy or paid media guy. And he, uh, he went off to, he went, he left semantic mastery so that he could go just focus on his own Facebook ads agency. And he's very successful at that. So he left, and then my other another partner of mine, Marco Benavides, uh, kind of partnered up with somebody else that was uh, associated with Semantic Mastery, Rob Beal, and they created the Heavy Hitter Club, which is more of a real technical SEO type of group. And um, so he split off of Semantic Mastery, uh, say three years ago now, and uh, so then it became just me and Chris and Adam. So the three of us now make up Semantic Mastery, and that was actually a, a, a benefit or a blessing in disguise because. I always wanted to take the company into purely local SEO, but yeah. because we had Marco, which uh, he did SEO on, you know, not just local SEO, but all types of SEO. And then we had Hernani did paid ads. We felt like we had to do a little bit of all of these things. And we were trying to be too many to too, too many things to too many people. Yeah. And uh, once we kind of, uh, once those, my, my former two partners left, it gave me and my my remaining partners, Adam and Chris, they supported me and wanting to take the company into just focusing on uh, local SEO. And that's it. 
And um, so that's kind of where we've been at now for the last two and a half, three years. And it's been great because we've grown. Uh, we've increased our uh, membership and all of that because I think people like the fact that we focus in on just local SEO. We don't we don't talk about anything else really except that. So, yeah, I've I've had to tell, I've I've spoke to a lot of my guys year year after year. Everyone wants to be a generalist. Yeah, um, and and I've always explained in 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 local SEO more than anything actually. Uh, Inch wide, mile deep is one of my favorite sayings, and it's Amen. something I've seen years ago, and it's like. Everyone wants to build a plumbing site, for example, but you don't need a fucking plumbing site. You need a a a, a boiler repair or boiler installation, underfloor heating. You need like and 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 like if you're going into interior decorating, choose a fucking plasterer. Don't choose to do the whole because to rank it and to build it and to it needs a big online presence. Um, so, but with local, I, I find. I mean, obviously, I love local, so um, it's it's where I've made all of my money all of my money i started out as a locksmith on the road as you know and and um it was it was hard as shit and and i figured out local because i couldn't afford paid ads um and it turned into to, to some admin. so how did, how did you get started how did how did you fall into this niche into in, into seo in general was you did you always do seo from 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 being younger no i'm a former electrical contractor so I learned how to develop, generate leads from Google for my own contracting business. And I just, I, I became fascinated with the process of manipulating Google to generate leads. And so uh, when I started in 2009 is when I first kind of was introduced to a way to generate leads from Google from, because I just asked, you know, I was, I was running my own contracting business and I, I was doing residential remodeling work. So I was a subcontractor for a kitchen remodeling company. And so I did all the electrical work for them. And so I worked with a lot with, with other subcontractors, HVAC contractors, flooring, plumbers, uh, you know, drywallers and painting contractors, et cetera. And so when I started, I was asking the, the, the subcontractors that I worked with, because I, you know, I could barely turn on a computer in 2009. That is no bullshit because I was a, you know, I was a contractor, man. I didn't, I didn't spend my time behind a computer. I was out there pulling wire and, you know, putting lights up and stuff like that. And so anyway, um, but my own contracting business, I pretty much relied on the kitchen remodeling company to generate business. And then I had some clients that, you know, some customers that I had kind of built up for repair work and stuff over the years. But if I wanted to kind of grow my business, I was reliant upon that, the, the general contractor to funnel work to me. And so I wanted to start generating some business on my own. And so I did traditional marketing. I'd already done some of that from, I used to flip houses years ago before, uh, many years ago. So I, I knew how to do like direct mail and, and things like that. So I was doing kind of traditional marketing or advertising, not online stuff um, to try to generate leads for my business. But it wasn't as effective back, you know, back in 2009 and 10, uh, digital marketing was really catching on fire and people were kind of ignoring a lot of traditional marketing at that time because it was like, you got to go digital, you know? And so uh, I started asking some of the contractors that I worked with, like where they, that were really successful. It had a lot of work. And I was asking them like, Hey, where are you, what are you doing to generate leads? And the, the most successful guys said that they had somebody that was doing search engine optimization for them and that they were generating a lot of leads from Google. And um, so I didn't have the money at the time to hire a professional. Um, so I just said, well, let me check it out. And I just started reading about it and just studying and started testing. And I fell in love with it. I became fascinated with the process. So I spent about uh, six months kind of building up my own uh, site and testing. And I, I built a couple of other like test sites to try to test different methods and things like that. And um, I ended up ranking all three of them, my own site, as well as the two other test sites, which one was for a locksmith. Another one was for a carpet cleaning 
uh, company. Um, and I ended up ranking all of them and I started having leads come in for my own business, but then I had phone calls coming in for these imaginary businesses that I had created for testing purposes. So once I had leads coming in from these other, like the carpet cleaning site and, and it, and alone, I were getting like 40 calls a week from that site. Cause it ranked number one. And at the time it was called Google places, not maps. Um, but anyways, uh, so I ended up starting like figuring out, well, what am I going to do with these leads? Right. I got to make some money from them or I should. So I started just contacting the, you know, uh, uh, contractors in the, those industries at the time it was locksmiths and carpet cleaners and just, at, you know, trying to rent them out on a rank and rent model. This was way back when, man, this is 2010. And I remember I ended up ranking, rent, uh, renting the sites out for $150 a month. That was it. Like wow. I was generating 40 phone calls a week for a carpet cleaning company. Uh, and it was $150 a month, <laughs> but um, I, after I got those two monetized, I just kept doing it. I just kept building more and more and asking other uh, contractors like, Hey, if I could generate some leads for you, would you be interested in buying them? And next thing you know, I had a lead generation business. And so I did that kind of as a side hustle as well as running my, my running my electrical business um, for about two years. And in 2012, I had ended up been uh, doing kind of both for two years. And I said, you know, I'm in the construction industries. I've always stayed in the construction industries and home services and contractors and stuff because I'm just, I come from that background. So I'm comfortable talking with plumbers and HVAC guys and all that. And so after two years of running like a side hustle lead generation business, but every winter in the United States, especially in my local area in the state that I live in, we have cold winters, cold enough to where it's, it slows all work down. And so after two winters of like my uh, side hustle money declining during those winter months, I said, I want to try to stabilize that income more. So I opened up an agency in 2012 so that I could go sell my local SEO and lead generation services to any local business. That was a mistake. I should have stayed in just the home services industries or whatever. And and I, I say it's a mistake. I learned a lot. Don't get me wrong. So it wasn't really a mistake, but what you were saying about like niching down and staying in a particular industry, like I met you been before you opened, started this call today, but an, uh, an inch wide and a mile deep, right? Like that's where you should be niche down. Because what I did was I, I started kind of doing local SEO for all different types of businesses, not just contractors. And by the yeah. way, home service contractors is not niching down because it's very broad. There's yeah. a lot of industries in the home service contracting industry. So for years, I thought, oh, I'm a niche SEO guy because I just work with contractors. BS. That's not a niche SEO guy, right? Um, anyway, after many years of like working with different types of businesses I, I, and doing both lead gen and traditional like retainer-based SDO, um, I've always maintained my lead gen business. But uh, throughout that process and uh, working with different types of contractors for leads, I found that tree services ended up being the most lucrative kind of lead generation engagement that I had. So I started building up a whole lot of assets in the tree service industry. And I, and, and in 2019, I finally got smart and niched down to my, my own local SEO agency, not just my lead gen business, but now my agency too. We only deal with tree service contractors and that's it. And once I really wow. niched down to that industry and some of the other things that we can talk about today, my agency just grew very rapidly. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy how much of a difference it made to go what I thought was niched down to home service contractors, which was still very broad, to finally really drilling down to just one industry, which is tree service contractors. And then it, like I was able to really create authority for my brand and start generating a lot of new business. And so now 
with my tree service directory. And we could talk about directories too, because I know that's right up your alley, magic yeah. page and all that. But I have a tree service directory that ranks number one for tree service directory. Go search it. You'll see it. It's treecarehq.com. That's treecareheadquarters.com or treecarehq.com. And that's where I get most of my leads now for my agency because tree service contractors want to get listed in my directory. They submit their information and boom, they go right into my sales funnel. And so when I have a discovery call with them, because I do two, two call sales close uh, or, uh, you know, two call close, I don't generally close people on the first call. So when I do a sales call with the tree guy, I have a conversation with them. I call it the discovery call. And I just have a conversation with them and say to find out what their current needs are, their current situation is, et cetera. Then I can offer to them a hybrid, what I call a hybrid model. I can either offer them, offer them lead generation services, or I can offer them retainer-based services or a hybrid of the both. That yeah. way, it's I'll always have options to be able to provide to the tree service contractors based upon where they are currently with their business and what their needs are. And then what I found is that that gives me, uh, it enables me to close more sales, number one, and generate more revenue. Because in a lot of cases, tree guys don't want to commit to like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month in retainer money when they don't know me from Adam. Right. So they 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 don't know who I am and they don't know whether I'm really going to be able to get them results and they've been burned by other SEOs. So they don't want to spend fifteen hundred dollars a month on you know local SEO services until I can show them some results. So I can pitch them, okay, let's start with some lead generation services. Then once you start making some money from those leads that I'm going to generate for your business, you can reinvest that into retainer services so that I can build your presence up. Because it's in your best interest to have to generate your own leads, not rely on a third party provider for leads. And I always say that because then it, it kind of establishes some trust, right? It's like, yeah. look, I want you to buy my leads, but it's in your best interest to really build your own presence up. So again, it's kind of a way for me to pitch the hybrid model where I can get revenue from the same contractor for in two ways, like so multiple streams of revenue, right? Yep. Lead generation money and retainer based money. And so again, like to me, like kind of niching down was like the biggest epiphany I had in my, my own local SEO career. And, um, and now I really kind of, I, I stress that and I teach that now in semantic mastery a lot is like that. My whole focus is like pick a niche. And as you said, Mike, a minute ago, you know, people want to jump into the plumbing industry. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of services, specialties within the plumbing industry. Pick a specialty. I mean, you and I think exactly alike when it comes to that, Mike, because I mean, you know, once you get into a particular industry, especially like it's like a foot in a door strategy, just pick a sub a, a specialty service within the industry and build authority into that niche, that that specific subservice. And that's that's kind of like a foot in a door to initiate a conversation with your ideal prospect. It doesn't mean you have to underfloor uh underfloor heating, like I know you've done that many times in examples. It doesn't mean you have to only do local SEO for underfloor heating and that's it. You can do plumbing or, you know, uh, HVAC, SEO and all that kind of stuff. But the underfloor heating is just a way to get your foot in the door with the con with the with the prospect, if that makes sense. We we call it a website stacking strategy. So so what, what I remember doing it years ago, I remember um, I, when I first started to be able to rank these locksmith sites that I did, because as you know, I ended up with thousands of fucking sites um and we were doing six figures a month right off the back of these sites and we had guys doing the jobs and we were selling leads and we were, we were charging booking fees and we had all sorts of different crazy things but it was based around the locksmithing um and the reason it worked is i remember when i figured out that i could do it i thought i can rank everything this is fucking amazing and i went after five industries and i started building sites in, in all five industries plumbing roofing electricians and all the other shit yep and, and the locksmithing and it was me mum who said to me she's like 
if, if you concentrate on too much at once, what's going to happen? She's like, and I was like, I don't know. She said, you can't do any of it, right? And I was like, fuck, she's right. And I, so I went into the lot. That, that's when I proper went at it with the with the with the lots because I just thought I'll build something in every single industry, and, and we we absolutely annihilated it. But I call it a website stacking strategy because what what I teach students to do is so you'll go after underflow heating, for example, right? And what some people will do is they say, right, I'm going to target underflow heating. I'm going to build that fucking 300 sites all all across California. And then what they'll turn around and say is, right, so next I'm going to go after fucking boiler installations. So I'm going to target the whole of Florida and boiler installations. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You go back to California, you build the fucking boiler installation sites in the exact same locations you've already got guys who know, like, and trust you. Yeah. And then you phone them up and say, oh, did I mention I had a boiler installation site? Are you interested? In fact, I'll give it you a discount because you've got the other one with me as well. And all of a sudden, you've got you, you're almost doubling the fucking your, your revenue overnight by hitting two, and, and then and then you can hit a third industry if you want, and, and you can go for the emergency services guys, and then you do all the different, and and that's kind of we call it the website stacking strategy, and it does work. Yeah, fucking amazingly. If you can find an industry, I always say to people, go inch wide, mile deep, and try and find an industry that can be stacked. If you can find an industry that can be stacked. Then, then you, you've like the wedding industry is fucking amazing. Um, the the the, the um, chiropractor industry is is amazing because you can you can target specific types of problems, yep. and then you can bring in different sites to target additional problems. And they they also they don't just work on backs. They do knees. They do thingies. They do diets. I mean, I had one that pricked my finger, um, and did intolerance tests. A chiropractor's office. Yeah. Um, so there's so much in it, and it, and it's like, uh, yeah, uh, you got to be dead excited when you're talking about it because I'm like, oh my fucking god, this is where it all started. I was the same. I was a locksmith out on the road doing the tools, couldn't afford the ads. Same process, exactly the yeah. same thing. I, 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 mine wasn't a successful locksmith company until I sacked me. <laughs> <laughs> I started getting other people to do it. I was struggling like a motherfucker. Gout kicked in because I was overweight and drinking all the time. Um, and same situation. It's like shit. I need to. So I started offering guys sixty percent of the job to do the work. I was doing two and a half grand a week, but I was always broke. Put a guy on sixty percent, and I thought I'll keep a thousand a week, and he can go and pay for the van and the tools and all the bullshit and go out and do it. But I could, I could generate two or three times as much work. So I ended yeah. up going from not being on a grand. I ended up being on the same amount of money and doing three times as much of the work, but sat at home all the time. It was, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um. Right, so let, let, let's let's look at SEO. What 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 do you think won't change in SEO, regardless of algorithms, updates, and industry changes, shit like that? What's not going to change? What if if anyone, any of my students, or anybody watching this now, and 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 we could turn around and say to them, what's not going to change? Watch if 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 there's one area you could focus because everybody's trying to get into SEO and they're like, okay, I'll go and I'm going to do link building. I'm going to do content i'm going to do um on page seo i'm going to do this 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 and this what's not going to change would you in your opinion in the next five years you've been around over 10 years now doing this so you've seen what comes and goes well there's there's certain fundamentals which is funny uh we were just talking about that too but um there are certain fundamentals that are kind of evergreen non-changing stuff that aren't the sexy things right they're the it's not the shiny object stuff it's it's the stuff that but we should never overlook and oftentimes we're always chasing the newest method and things like that and we overlook some of the kind of fundamental stuff and that's if we just did those things then everything else that we did would the projects would respond better to so i think there are certain fundamentals like you know structure 
um, understanding the, the topic well, having enough content that is structured properly. Again, structure is incredibly important in SEO right now. There's page structure and then there's site structure. And you have to kind of nail both in order for a site to be effective and to rank well now. But it also understands that the, understanding the topic. So, and when I say that, and not just the, the keywords and the vocabulary associated with the industry, which I think is important. Listen, Google's large language model and ChatGPT and all the other large language models out there understand language better than we do now, yeah. right? It's true. Yeah. So we should be students of language so that we can understand how to optimize in that environment. And so what I mean by that is understand that's, again, more reason for going into a particular industry because it's incredibly difficult to understand at a very deep level an industry without spending an enormous amount of time researching and trial and error in that industry. And so I think understanding a particular industry and going deep, as you said, understanding the vocabulary, because remember, there's multiple levels on which you have to know how to speak in that particular industry. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, you have to understand the vocabulary of the industry, the products and services, and how to talk to the business owners in that industry, right? But then you also have to understand the vocabulary at the consumer level for that industry. Like what are the people that are buying the products and services? What are they searching for? And then besides just kind of like understanding the vocabulary and the language associated with that, so that we can understand how to best optimize in this new SEO environment where Google and the bots understand language better than we do. So it's up to us to really become students of language, right? In a particular industry, because good luck trying to do this across multiple industries. None of us have that much time. So I'm saying get into one industry, but all of that is kind of like technical stuff on how to optimize and rank. But here's a fundamental that is unchanging, that is as evergreen as the sun rising in the, in, from the east and setting in the west. You know what I mean? And that is marketing. Like a lot of SEOs consider themselves internet marketers, but they don't know the first damn thing about marketing, right? You might know how to rank stuff, but that doesn't make you a marketer, right? Nope. And so nope. I think marketing is incredibly important. And I and just kind of a, a, a like an anecdote from this is, you know, I've always done fairly well in SEO. I've been blessed by this industry. Um, and I, I have no nothing bad to say about the industry. It's been very good to me. But when I finally adopted this concept of understand going deep into one industry and un learning that industry be as best as I could and understanding direct response marketing and sales, my yep. income exploded. When I finally yep. like got out of just focusing on the technical aspects of SEO and started focusing more on marketing and sales, my income freaking exploded. And like, I can't stress enough. That is, I think our industry is backwards in that people come into the SEO space and say, man, as soon as I learn how to rank stuff, I'm going to crush it. Okay. There's a lot Nine of out of 10 SEOs don't have a fucking email list. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> and that's the problem is I know a lot of people come into our mastermind, for example, and they're, they are hungry and thirsty to learn SEO and they, they, they work hard at learning the next SEO tactic and trying to rank stuff. But the problem is, and I, I mentioned this on our hump day hangouts yesterday, it's a lot like a dog chasing its tail because they're always, they always say to themselves, all I have to do is learn this next SEO method and then I'm going to crush it. I'm going to get out there and crush it. And they learn that next SEO method. But by the time they really become proficient at that, there's already another SEO method, right? Yeah. And so it's like they constantly on this hamster wheel of just, you know, always chasing the next method. And as soon as I learn that, I'm going to crush it. Well, wait a minute, man. How many sales calls did you book 
if you didn't book it, and by the way, it, sales come from marketing, right? So you have to understand marketing first, generate the lead first, then you make the sale. So you have to have an offer, generate the lead, make the sale. And so yep. just because you know SEO doesn't mean you're going to have a business. You might be able to rank stuff all day long, but if you don't have an audience, if you don't have a market, if you don't have a customer, no business exists without sales, right? So you need to sell, especially in local SEO, we are selling our services to local businesses, whether it's leads or paper lead or, or uh, rank and rent or revenue share, which is my favorite model for, for lead gen is revenue share yeah. or retainer based services. Either way, we have to sell our services. We need to generate the lead to generate interest. Then we need to sell them. And now we're generating revenue. And so for me, like I said, Mike, the biggest thing for me that for my agency was, um, and, and a fundamental that's not going to change, is learning marketing and understanding an industry. I just did a presentation for our live event, uh, POFU Live, um, in, at the end of September, I think it was. Yeah. And um, I was doing some research for my presentation and Mark Cuban. Right. Mark Cuban, billionaire. Yeah. Uh, he he's he there's a statement in one of the slides that I put up that I pulled out that he that he mentioned. And he said, listen, if you go in, if you walk into a room full of business owners in whatever industry you're in and you don't know more about their business, their customers, their pain than they do, somebody like me is going to come into the room and kick your ass. And I love that because yeah, it's he, absolutely he wrote, true. He wrote how to win at a sport of business that Mark Cuban. And he fucking, he is, he's a proper, he's, he reads like two to three hours a day. And he just folk, even, even like thingy books. And that's how he got rich on it. Cause he, he, he read all the technical manuals at the job, at the computer job that he worked at and then went off and set his own shit up. Yep. Yep. Guys fucking amazing. So what, what would your steps be? Let's say, let's say you was to start a brand new website today, like from, 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 from a right high level, not, not going into super detail, but what, what's, what's the fundamental, let's say five fundamentals that you always do when, when building out a brand new lead gen website, lead generation, not, not for a client, for a lead gen. Um, well, in, in how do I, where do I start with this? So would it be in an industry that I already know or starting from scratch, like without knowing that about the industry? I wouldn't go into, into to the, regardless of industry, what would be five fundamentals you'd always do on lead gen? So it doesn't matter if it's a locksmith site, it doesn't matter if it's a plumbing site, forget about the, 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 the semantics of the industry. Let's think about the, 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 the fundamentals of five, five things that you'd say that if you forget, if you miss this, this one thing, you well, it, so in local, things have changed slightly for me in, in that it's, you know, if it, it, the, my process is going to depend on whether or not I can get a Google business profile, right? Because there's going to okay. be a different process for that. If, yep. if I can get a Google business profile, I'm going to do one process. If I can't, then I'm going to do another. Um, if, if a Google business profile is included, then I'm going to start by establishing that first, validating, verifying that, that local entity, and then kind of optimizing that, building the supporting site that's going to connect to the Google business profile, yeah. populating it with content. But I'm going to do the topic research first to try to truly understand the proper way to optimize or structure the site. Remember, I talked about there's page structure and site structure. And what I found is that Google is no longer a keyword-based algorithm. It is a topic and an entity-based algorithm, right? And so if you optimize for topics and or categories, so like Google business categories, if there's a Google business profile associated with it, if, whenever you guys go into Google Maps and you're looking at the profile, the, the, the primary category that shows in the Google Maps profile, you'll notice like the category structure and the, 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 the capitalization and things like that. It's always it's, it's, it's very particular. And that's that's called if you optimize for that, that's called category optimization or topic optimization is another way to do it when it's not directly tied to a Google business profile. What I mean by that is like 
you can identify, look, Google's large language model was trained in large part on Wikipedia, among other semantic databases and such. But one of the largest influencers of their large language model is Wikipedia. So one of the things I like to do is if I'm going into an industry that I don't know or whatever, which I I don't really do much of that anymore, but I do a lot of audits for clients and things like that, uh, white label clients and stuff. So I have to do this kind of research for them in the audits. But I'll go to Google and search for keywords associated with that industry and then append Wikipedia to the keyword, to the search query, so that I can see what Google is determining are the relevant named entities within Wikipedia sorted by relevance based upon how relevant they are to my search query, my seed query. So in other words, I go in and I start to identify how how does Google understand the named entities are associated with this search query? So that I can start to identify what are the primary, the broadest level topics. I don't mean keywords. I'm talking about topics here in, yeah. in Wikipedia. And Google's uh, Google business categories are structured after named entities within Wikipedia. And so, again, I'd like to try to understand the language associated with the industry and how does Google understand that language. And an easy way to do that is to search for search query with Wikipedia appended to it so that you can see sorted by relevance, the named entities within Wikipedia that are associated with those search queries. And then if you optimize for those, which is what I typically do, is I try to find the broadest optimization point. A lot of the times, again, if it's Google Business Profile associated with it, it's going to be the primary category. And then there's whatever additional categories you have. And here's a trick with that. If you have a Google Business Profile and you're not sure which, what, like what Google considers are the appropriate keywords associated with each category, is add the additional categories to the Google business profile and then just let it sit for a week or two and then come back, go into your Google business profile manager, edit profile, go to the services section, open it up, and Google will have populated each one of those categories with keywords that it it considers are associated with each of those categories. So now you can use Google to tell you how to structure the site so that it's most logical to Google, right? So. And, and again, then you can also reference a lot of those. You can usually match up the cat- Google business categories with named entities in Wikipedia. Start studying the Wikipedia pages, guys. I don't mean you have to memorize it, but start to understand the entities that are associated, the named entities in Wikipedia that are associated with your products and services in whatever industry you're in, and start looking at the language on those Wikipedia pages. So you can start to identify the breadth of the coverage that you can get when you optimize for the topic or the category as opposed to keyword. Let me explain this very quickly. Google's algorithm is no longer a keyword-based algorithm. It is a topic and entity-based or category-based algorithm in that you can still optimize for keywords. If you optimize for keywords, you can rank that page for that keyword and variants of that keyword. But if you optimize for a topic or a category, depending on which one it is, again, I always talk about category optimization for Google business profiles, topic optimization for organic assets, okay? If you optimize for the category or the topic, you can rank that page for every single keyword associated with that category or topic, even if it's not present on the page. Full stop. And I know a lot of SEOs have a very difficult time believing that, and they feel that the the keyword has to be present on the page or it can't ever rank for this. Bullshit. Because Google has cached every single one of those topics and categories, and it knows every single word and entity associated with each one of those. And if you optimize for a topic or a category, Google already knows all the queries that are associated with that topic or category. 
So if you optimize for that, then that page can rank for search queries that aren't even present on the page. And so that's what I, I completely changed my 180 degrees, how I structure my pages and my sites and my whole SEO strategy over the last year, year and a half or so. And I've done a ton of testing on this. And optimizing for categories or topics is so much more efficient because you, don't, you can rank one page for all those search queries. You know, as well as I do, especially with like magic page and stuff like that, we oftentimes will try to publish a page plus a city modifier or neighborhood modifier or whatever for every keyword that that industry produces, right? Or, or, or for every product or service associated with that industry. But that is a lot of redundancy, a lot of bloat on the site. Remember, because of the AI writing assistance and the explosion of content on the web, Google servers are like, they've made a public statement that they're having a hard time keeping up with everything. That's just why it takes forever for stuff to get indexed right now. Things like that, because crawl budgets have been reduced and throttled down because the servers just can't handle all this stuff. So how do we optimize better? Reduce crawl resistance. How do we reduce crawl resistance? Reduce content, reduce redundancy and bloat on the site. So if you optimize for topics or categories and you can rank one page for every single search query associated with that topic or category, then you don't need to have 15 pages for 15 different keywords. You can have one page and rank it for all those search queries. And so between that and then also a different kind of, I know you're asking about fundamentals. So that, that is, for me, that's a fundamental now is understanding the industry and how does Google understand the topic or the category associated with that industry. So that's number one. And you structure the page and the site accordingly. And then the, the way that I do sites for multi-location like location sites now is I create a, a, a service silo or a topic silo, which would include products or services, depending on what type of business it is. And then I create location silos and I cross-link between them, which in traditional SEO silo structure, you're taught not to cross-link between silos because it bleeds the theme of the silos and that kind of stuff. It's not the same when you're talking about product or service silos and location silos. If you cross-link between them, you are creating an association between the products and services that the company provides and the locations in which it provides them. So it's not about, you don't have to have, like in my industry, there's tree service, tree trimming, tree removal, stump grinding. Like these are the, the primary keywords. And I used to always have a tree service plus city keyword or page, tree trimming plus keyword page, tree removal plus keyword page right? And you have all those different pages and then all the neighborhoods and all that. And again, mass pages and all these things. And I found that I can get better results now by kind of, kind of consolidating down to producing pages with the top level category or topic term only plus the city or neighborhood modifier. And yeah. then I've got one page that can rank for all of those different keyword search queries by associating within that location page that's optimized for the top level category or topic term plus the city or neighborhood modifier but then linking within the content body of that page over to the service page or service pages, depending on what it is. So what you're doing is you're creating an association between the products and services and every location. It's like one big reciprocal link. What I mean by that is like on the service pages, you list all of the locations. On yep. the location pages, you list all of the services. So there is, it's reciprocal links back and forth between the pages. But now you've got one page that Google can rank for all of the services because of the associations made with internal links. Does that make sense? So yeah. the reason I bring that up is because my, you know, I went from overcomplicating my bill. And look, you, you, you can't know what you don't know, right? 
And I didn't know this without testing, but I spent months last year testing when I really kind of understood and discovered that the Google had changed from keyword-based algorithm to topic and entity-based. By the way, I know you and David, uh, because of the Google ad stuff that you guys do, that's kind of how I discovered this, by the way, was that the algorithm really shifted away from keyword-based when Google ads stopped honoring exact match ad types. Like that's what tipped me off that the algorithm had completely changed because any of you guys that, and I know some of your audience does ads, it used to be, we used to set up single keyword ad groups with exact match. And that's how we would optimize and really kind of fine tune and dial into ads campaigns. And when all of a sudden all my exact match, single keyword ad groups started showing uh, all kinds of impressions for variants, which used to only show close variants. Like what do I mean? If tree service and tree services, one is singular, one is plural. So if I put tree service in an exact match quote, so the square brackets and, uh, and, and then set up a single keyword ad group. So like, like, you know, tree service, let's say Culpepper, that's where I live. So tree service, Culpepper, and I put that in exact match, then Google would only show that ad for tree service, Culpepper and tree services, Culpepper, maybe tree service, Culpepper VA for Virginia or whatever, but it would be very close variants of that keyword. But about two, almost two years ago now, I noticed that, uh, or maybe it was last year, I don't, it's a blur now, but a year or two, within the last year or two, I noticed that all my single keyword ad groups would all of a sudden start getting impressions for tree pruning, tree trimming, tree uh, tree removal, stump grinding, like all these things that, and I was like, well, wait a minute, if it's single keyword ad group and it's exact match type, what happened? It's looking at the intent of the keyword rather yeah, than well, the keyword. Yeah, well, because now it's, it, again, Google is associating all of those kind of keywords with the topic or the category. So it's all relevant because they're all, kind of relevant to that topic or the category. And so when I kind of first saw that, I started testing with an, an SEO and saying, look, if, if Google changes the ad platform, which is where like, what, 90% of its revenue comes from, then yeah. I, I guarantee you this is applied to the search algorithm too, right? The organic algorithm. So I started testing with doing topic and category optimization. And I spent months doing that. A lot of that stuff's been uh, on my Twitch channel. I told you earlier, I was doing Twitch stuff. So I, I spent months doing testing earlier this year on that and just showing different examples of how to get results with, you know, topic and category optimization. So long-winded way to answer your question is first, I, I want to go into understanding the topic or the category so yeah. that I can understand how to structure the first the pages, but then also the site in its entirety. And then what I want to do is go in and develop the content, build the internal structure. That's critically important right now. So the internal linking. Yep. And then uh, once I have that done, then I just start seeding it with a little bit of, uh, you know, branded entity assets. That's another important, especially in local SEO, building authority and establishing the local entity. So even if it doesn't have a Google business profile, I'm still going to build branded web 2.0s, the social media properties, interlink all that stuff. And then we start to build links to that with topical and or geographic relevance. That's what matters. I don't give a damn about Ahrefs metrics or Moz's yep. metrics, or any of that, what I care about is relevance first. Then those metrics become important. So, you know, Semantic Links is a link building business that I d- built entirely about 100% relevance matching, either topic or geographic relevance, depending on what's needed. Uh, and then building links to not just the money side in the Google business assets, if there's a Google business profile associated with it, but also to the branded assets. Because if you inject relevance and a link authority, link equity into those assets, Google pays more attention. And I'm sure you guys know this. When you establish and build enough authority to the local entity, all other SEO efforts become easier. So I focus the first two to three months of any project, I'm focusing mainly on establishing and building authority to the brand. Not a whole lot of keyword stuff until I've established authority to the brand first and get Google to fully recognize it. How do you know that the brand is well-established? 
go do a brand search in Google. Can you, do you populate the first two pages with branded assets? If you don't, you haven't built enough authority yet. So if you can populate the first two pages with branded and or supporting assets for a brand search, now every other SEO work that you do to that project is going to respond better to, if that makes sense. So I always focus on building that brand first. Yeah, mate, that, the, what you've just been saying then, right? The reason I was smiling right at the beginning when you were saying about, because about five years ago, maybe six years ago, when I first released Magic Page Plugin to the world, right? Um, and we'd been doing that thing with our own business for years. Uh, people used to say to me, why can he only create one magic page? Why can we only create one magic page, like one, and then you have to just go across a link? And, and I explained it, nowhere near as good as you just did, but I used to explain that, look, when we've been done it, doing our testing, we test five pages on the same one. We test one long page, and this was five or six years ago, this. We test one long page, which put all encompassing, and, and, my, and the, one of the quotes I always said was, think Wikipedia, right? That's why I was laughing when you were saying it. And I was like, think Wikipedia. I never understood it to the level you've just explained it, but what I knew was, if I created a 1, thousand fifteen hundred words of content on a subject that had H2s covering all of them and it was just keyword location as the H1, like plumber location or boiler location, that would index, it would rank better and it would stick up longer for years and years and years. And that's why we never, ever released because all the testing we did, even this is from five years ago right the way up till now, has always shown that one long page of content, all encompassing content that covers the subject in in, in a whole, ranks longer it gets indexed better people stay on the page longer so google likes it more and you trust authority relevance and user behavior are all through the roof in comparison to these little shitty short pages that just literally say right this should really be a h2 because it's got no fucking search volume yeah um and what you were just saying then i was like oh my god this is i, I wish i'd have had you five years ago to explain uh-huh. this to my audience then because I had so many fucking people that oh well we're going to use such and such because you can't use multiples and i was like well go and use a different plugin because you're not understanding what good and, it, and it's obviously it's got to a much deeper level now but it's been doing that exact same thing for five six plus years because we've been doing it for that long and we've always stuck to long content subjects yeah. covered in whole in its whole whole thing and it's always worked for years and years and years which is mental um, so another thing you mentioned a minute ago which which got me interested you were saying so so what i teach my guys downstairs that are building the sites is there's two keywords for a page, right? So for example, we'll use plumber for an exa- as, as an example, right? So if I'm creating a plumbing website, okay, and I know we drill down and we do boiler inspection or whatever, right? But let's just use this. So if I'm going in as a, um, if I'm setting a plumbing site and I'm doing a 15 mile radius, right? And I've got 15 mile radius worth of location pages on that website and I go over, say, 10K population so that they're not like the one or two searches because you know the localist page will get picked up. So the two main keywords for that particular page it's plumber and the location, mm-hmm. right? So what we started doing um, is we we're not we're not we're not writing every tiny little article and thing you could possibly ever think of around the subject. So for example, let's say I was doing plumber Weymouth. I live in Weymouth, right? So one of the articles, because we what we do is slightly different than the way you do. We will write a ton of articles around the location. We link all the articles together, and then we find relevance from three or four of the articles that are all linked together to link to the intent-based page that we want to make money for. So we've got informational pages on a website, and we've got intent-based pages on a website. Mm-hmm. But what we do, for example, is um, so we, we'll have a page that will be all about boat trips in Weymouth on a plumbing website. Right, because that 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 web page is getting twenty or thirty or forty thousand searches a month, right? 
and nobody's trying to fucking optimize for it, right? Except for the other businesses. So what we're doing is boat trips. And then we mention all the businesses and we mention all the stuff and all the categories and the prices and who you should use and who you shouldn't and stuff like that. And we're using that not to optimize for fucking plumber, but to optimize for Weymouth. Right. Then what we'd go and do is we'd look and say, okay, nightclubs in Weymouth, right? And we'll do the keyword research in Ahrefs and we find all of the most important areas, all the most important, um, most search. We've got to have high mm-hmm. search volume. We're not asked about the thing because what we know is if they come in on the site, the user behavior is now one of the most important things. Yes. And if somebody comes on and they spend 15 minutes reading a fucking page about boat trips and other stuff, and then they click off because the one thing Google only Google wants to see is search, land on your page, don't Engage. go back and make the same search yep. again, yep. right? And if they click a link or they click a phone number or they go to fill in a form, then Google's like, bam, this, this website is a bad motherfucker. Um, so for, for content marketing, we're doing something I think that I've not seen anyone else do. Um, are you doing that? Also, it's similar. Yeah, I mean, I've done, I've done, I've done geo page stuff in the past. Not like what you're talking about. Like <clears throat> we're referencing a, a bunch of other businesses and things like that. But I've done geo page stuff in the past, and what I found is it was very effective. When, like you know, I'm sure you're aware. There's a lot of plugins out there that will integrate with the Google Places API, and it can automatically pull in points of interest and things like yeah. that, and, and actually publish the page and all of that. And for a couple of years, that was very effective just to have those pages on the site, even if they were orphaned pages, meaning you couldn't get to them from navigation menu and things like that. As long as they were indexed and in the sitemap, then Google knows that they were there and that could influence maps ranking. And I've I've always found that that was effective. But what I found was probably a little over a year ago that that started to have a little, from my testing, had a waning effect. And so now what I do is I try to make a logical connection between the location. If I'm creating geo pages, like specifically for location optimization, then I'm going to try to connect that back to the products or services so that there's relevance between yep. the location and the products and services that this company provides. But like I said, through a lot of testing, what I found is usually just by optimizing the page, the location page, because as you say, there's intent, there's informational pages and intent pages. The way that I, that's the way that I kind of describe it is, you have for for local stuff is you have generally product or service pages, which you're not really trying to rank that. You're trying to rank the location page because yep. you know on, for local people are going to be searching or and because of the way that Geo provides local results now, if somebody does a search query for the product or service without a location modifier or a near me modif or if it if Google thinks it's a in, uh, local search, a search with local intent. If, so remember, there's implied intent and explicit intent. Implied intent is when Google's making a guess on what the intent is. And then there's explicit intent where we're telling Google what our intent is. Yeah. So for example, like plumber near me, that's in, that's that's pretty much explicit intent. You're telling Google, I want to know the plumbers that are ne- next to me. But if you just search for plumber, Google doesn't has to make a guess. Are they looking for a plumber? Or are they looking for information about plumbers? Like what do plumbers do? Or like, uh, I guess a better example of that is plumbing versus yep. plumbing contractor versus plumbing near me or plumbing plus a city name. Like there's four different search queries there that have different intent. And so what I'm saying is that what I found is that if I optimize for the primary topic or category term on the location page, plus the location modifier, whatever the city or neighborhood name is that I'm trying to optimize for. And then in the content body of that page, I don't have to have a lot of content about the products or services that the company provides because that is fully covered on the product or service pages in much more detail and much more depth. All I have to do on that location page is mention the products or services and then link to those pages, the product or service pages. So I can spend more of that page injecting some kind of 
location relevance into that page. I call it geo relevance. So there's yeah. a number of ways that I do that. Like, and for example, I'll list in a bullet format, like the neighborhoods and things like that and, the, and points of interest. And I'll actually link directly to the Google Maps profile for that point of interest within the content because it's just pr- producing location relevance. But the content of that page isn't specifically just about the location or something not relevant. There is a tie back to the products or services that the company provides. I found that to be more effective, um, but I haven't tested your method. So I know, mate, it's awesome. This is why I love SEO. It kind of, it's the only thing that no matter what, what crazy shit I do in my life and business, I always come back to SEO and it's always me, me love. Me, yeah. me, 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 I just fucking love it. I can sit and talk about it for absolutely ever. Well, um, that's the thing is, you know, there's, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, as they say. And so I always say this to even members of our own group. I say, listen, guys, you know, you don't have to take my word for everything. Like, I, like how did I get good at SEO? Well, I, I, I studied under a bunch of other mentors and I made my own flavor. And that's what I recommend everybody do. Like, you have your methods, Mike. I have my methods. Uh, you know, there's all these different methods out there. Learn all of them if you have the time and the desire to do it and then make your own method. And that's, that's what, I mean, there's so many different ways to achieve results in SEO. I think there are some fundamentals. There's foundational stuff that we should all do. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, again, there's all different kinds of ways to get results in SEO. And it's, it is it's fascinating to me that there are so many different ways to do it. Yeah, I, I've I've spent quite a lot of time with some guys that, that literally f- focus ninety nine point nine percent of their time on links. Um, and years ago, I used to be like, ah, you don't need it, you don't need it. But you know what? If you do it right, links I think are- we were talking before in the local yeah. industry. There's like four or five ticks that I ask for, right? So if I if I'm if I'm building a local website, I want it to have backlinks. Yeah, and, and I think I was saying this to you earlier before we come on on air, and then. If 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 it's got backlinks, I want it to then backlinks to come from a site or or a domain that's got also got backlinks. I want it to come from a domain that is ranking for keywords that I'm trying to rank for. Um, and I also want the um, it to be in a location, right? So I, I want I want I want it to have location relevant. And and what I'm finding is those type of backlinks are way 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 more powerful than um if you if I, I could go and get a link from some super high powered fucking uh directory on the front page and it's got 15 different niches and and, and it's based in fucking florida and it's still giving me a homepage link but i'm based in the uk that's going to have less of an effect that's right than, than a half decent website right that's got like a, a google business profile might be on apple maps it might be listed on on uh, the tom tom directory and a few other fucking local places it's got decent quality, unique content on it, and it's ranking for a couple of the keywords, even if the minor keywords for the stuff that I am particularly mm-hmm. targeting or that are targeted in my niche and my location. And if, if you can get them, and if you can build links like that, and that's what we're focusing on now with the local, um, I, I find that the, the results are fucking ridiculous yeah. through the roof. Um, I found the same thing. And so it's really interesting, but, uh, like I never built links in house at all. Like I never did. I always outsourced all my link building for, for, for many years. Um, but then when I, I kind of like discovered, well, first of all, my, in my own agency, I found that the kind of traditional link building services that I was using were not in 2021, I noticed were, were having a waning, a declining effect. And so I kept having to spend more of my clients retainer money without increasing the retainers. I was just spending yeah. more of their money to buy more links to achieve the same effect. So I went on like an eight month journey of testing, oh God, so many different link sources and providers, et cetera. And I spent thousands and thousands of dollars 
and trying to figure out what, how, like, what is the best and most effective strategy. And um, it really kind of boiled down to relevance. Like, flat out relevance is what moves the needle now. Those other metrics that everybody swears by in this industry should only be secondary metrics after relevance have been determined, either topical or geographic relevance or both. But relevance, a low, low quality or low metric, authority metric, low traditional metric backlink that has specific relevance is going to be more effective than a high authority traditional backlink with little or no relevance. So what I focus in on is 100% on relevance. And as you said, local relevance, that's great because what I found was that topically, so top, links with topical relevance move the needle significantly for organic and have a slight influence on maps ranking when it's a local project. But links with geographic relevance have a significant influence on maps ranking and a slight influence on organic ranking. If you can get a link that has both topical and geographic relevance, that's what I call a unicorn link. And those links right there are very, very powerful. So like in the tree service industry, you know, a lot of landscapers don't do tree services and a lot of tree service guys don't do landscaping. So if I can get a link from a landscaper in the same city to a tree service contractor client and just we can do link exchanges with them. Now we've got a link that is both topically and geographically relevant to each other. That's a fantastic link. So I've actually it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, uh, you know, I, I developed a whole entire training program on how to go out and find local domains and do the research to find domains that already have backlinks from other local entities pointing to them so that you can buy the domain and register for 10 to 15 bucks, slap some content up on it that's relevant to whatever it was the last time it was published online. That way yeah. it gets indexed quicker and everything else. Uh, and it's already got local backlinks, geographic links pointing to it so that now yeah. when you put your link into there, you can instantly benefit from it. And I've got a training course that I'll give to your members 100% free that goes through. It's a very manual process, but it works and it works incredibly well. And it's interesting because in October, excuse me, April 1st awesome. of April 1st of this year, we launched that as a service under Semantic Links, meaning for my subscriber clients, we build local blogs. Yeah. And I've got, I just looked at it earlier this morning. We have 743 local blogs built out right now across wow. mostly the United States. But boy, we've got a lot of local or geographic link firepower right yeah. now. We can we, throw we, at stuff and it works you're talking really well. about, I call them single niche PBNs, right? And that's mm -hmm. what I build and that's what I've been doing for closing in 10, 12 years now. And what I've, I've done is it's like, I'll go and I'll script. I, I won't, but I go to like expireddomains.net and I'll, I'll buy the odd, odd domain here and there if it's got a, a, a lot of links and stuff. But my, my tactic, especially like we, what you do, there's a tool called Reoon, R-E-O-O-N, right? And it fucking, it's, it's a one-time fee. It's about $100 and it scrapes yellow pages without any, um, without any proxies, right? In the, in the UK, in the US, in the UK, you need proxies to use it, right? But what, so what I do is I will go and I will scrape the living fucking death out of, 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 of yellow pages, knowing that every single one of those domain names that I'm purchasing are from businesses that have yep. gone out of business, yep. right? So they've got all of the authority I want. They've got a linking profile. They've got social. They've got fucking everything that, that I would be looking for. And then I just I just throw up, uh, throw away sites. And I'm I'm a bit lazy nowadays because I 301 all of the 404s to the homepage. Yep. And then I look for any that get specific traffic using 301 redirects pro. Mm -hmm. And if it gets lots of traffic, then I rebuild the page and we'll finger that page and link straight from that page to our money site as well as the homepage. But what 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 that enables us to do is build out these single niche PBNs, and we use the the location strategy. So if I start an, on a niche, I won't go and try and target the whole of the US. What I would do is is, is let's say I was targeting 
trees like what you, you do with the thingies. I'd go and do it in, say, California, right? Then I'd purchase all 20, 30, 40, 50 different domains all within California, maybe even 150, 200. Then I'd start moving across the country that we call like spreading like a wave and I'll buy them incrementally and build them back in the same places so that my, my geolocation and relevancy is spreading as yes. my network grows. They're all linking back and forth between all of the fucking of the relevance and it just pushes that relevance throughout the whole network. And that's why I always say to people, get to your first 20 or 30 sites. I know it sounds like a lot, but if you get to 20 or 30 sites in that network, then you're going to start seeing massive amounts of yes. traffic. But then you start to spread like a wave gradually across the country, like a fucking infection. And what happens is because you're using the internal linking on the site, right? And then you're linking between all the sites, you're building a rock solid fucking super relevant network. And you own the asset. That's right. And, and it's what, I, like 10, 12 years ago, I started doing it and I did it completely by accident. I was saying to everyone, nah, single niche PBNs, don't buy on PBNs, don't, and do it this way. And, and and the guys that have listened and done it over the years are now crushing it. I've got crushing clients it, yeah. that are, are doing six fucking figures a month and people don't even know who they are and they love it and they think it. And the main thing is, single niche PBN, thread like a wave, good quality, con- long content, think Wikipedia. And that, that's done it. And obviously, inch wide, mile deep, because then as they spread, then they use the website stacking strategy to put it on top, on top, on top. Yeah. And you can end up with five different sites in the same niche, all all closing and all the same clients are buying all the leads off you. And the other thing that you just said about, you know, scraping yellow pages is, man, because of COVID and the lockdowns, there are so many local business domains that went out of, like, because the businesses went out of business, they, they shut down and never reopened. There are yeah. so many local business domains available right now. It's unbelievable. Um, so like, there's just so much opportunity. Like I said, I, you know, I, the, the way that my, I've got a six person team that that's all they do is scrape domains. That's full six people, full time, 40 okay, hours yeah. a week. That's all they do is scrape domains and uh, both good. topical and geographic domains. And um, it's crazy. The amount uh, like the amount that is there, it's just it's insane. It's a very manual process what we do, but uh, in order to do it. But uh, I use pbnlab.com, which is owned by Scott Moran down in um, Australia. And it's a great service because it uses Majestic as its primary metric, which I use Majestic now. I don't even give a damn about Ahrefs or anything else. I just I focus on topical trust flow for, for topical relevance. But we use Majestic as a primary metric in PBN Lab. So we can go in and I, I, I've developed some ways. Again, I'm giving this to your guys for free. Uh, but I've developed some ways to go in and set filters and, and how to scrape what I call crawl targets. Crawl targets are what you feed into the system that's going to crawl the, 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 the site and look for broken backlinks. So I, I found a way to like develop a big list of crawl targets in a particular geography. And then all you do is let it crawl and it returns all the domains and you can go in and actually put a keyword in the domain as a filter, like in order for it to just reveal that you can set by topical categories, whatever, but boom, now you've got a whole list of domains that are already relevant to that area. And now you can go through them and cherry pick the best ones and then repopulate them with content. And it doesn't have to be the same content, but at least in the similar category, that's how Google, here's the thing. Buying expired domains and completely changing the topical category, Google almost resets the domain. It's like it's basically worthless because it, it, it's it's Google has cached it's in its memory bank of what that site was. So yep. if you go out and buy a domain based on pure metrics and then you completely change the topical category, Google looks at it like, okay, I know what they're doing. Like, come on, Google's not stupid, right? Yep. But if you buy a domain and you repopulate it with content in the same or similar category, then it's much more likely because think about this. If Google, that Google, Google's natural language or large language model is another layer of the core algorithm now. And one of the things it does is it can very quickly, instantaneously, algorithmically determine whether a link is relevant based upon how, or excuse me, 
it determines how much credit it's going to give to a link depending on how relevant it is, either topical or geographic or a combination of both. So if a link is not relevant, Google will ignore it. It might be toxic or harmful, but it doesn't make it automatically toxic or harmful if it's not relevant. Google will just ignore it. But if it's really, the more relevant it is, the more credit or weight Google will give to that link. So the point that I'm trying to make is if you have, uh, you know, uh, if, if you're buying domains that have relevance already and, and you repopulate the content, so backlinks with relevance in a particular category, and then you repopulate that site with content in that category, those links are going to remain relevant. So, but if you change the topical category of that site because it's based purely on metrics, and yeah. then those links become invalid because it's not relevant anymore. So again, that's why I'm saying when scraping domains to build your own PBN networks, look for relevance. That should be your primary metric and then rebuild, repopulate that site with content in that same topical category. And then Google will honor those backlinks. They index yeah. quicker, everything else. Yeah, it does. It works. I know I've kept you longer than I normally do, mate, and I could keep you t- chatting on that. I'm going to ask you one more question. Sure. Uh, there's tons, shitloads of SEO tools out there. Like there's fucking barrels and millions of the fuckers. If you had to pick your three favorites, what would they be? Um, and 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 try and pick what? No, pick three that your three favorite first, and then one that's underestimated that, that, that does some powerful shit that people don't realize. Um, probably my three favorite tools, right? Are Majestic, uh, on page AI, Eric Lancheras is on page AI. I freaking love that tool. Um, I've never even heard of that. Oh my God. It's good. On dash page dot AI, Eric Lancheras. Uh, it's a great tool. It's expensive, but I use that mostly for my link building business more than anything. Um, because it has, it connects, it it integrates directly with Google's natural language API and and it has, it's called on-page AI, but I use it for the off-page functions, which are link relevancy tool and what they call predictive link building and all of that. So I can, I can literally have Google tell me what the topical categories are of the link sources before I place a link on. So I know that I'm doing relevance matching a hundred percent before I ever place a link. And so on-page AI is by far probably one of my favorite tools. Majestic, I mean, and it's crazy because Majestic was way ahead of its time. Majestic had topical trust flow long before the semantic web was, uh, yeah. technologies were kind of pushed out into the public. So like Majestic was way ahead of its time. So I love Majestic for backlink analysis. And then um, probably I'm using ZimWriter a lot right now um, for content. And my team uses ZimWriter a lot for that. And that turned out to be a really good, inexpensive way to p- produce a lot of content very quickly. So those are probably my three favorite tools right now. Zimwriter. Yeah, Zimwriter. Is it Z I M M Writer W I W? You know, Writer. However you spell that. <laughs> so Zimwriter. It's a it's a it's a desktop app that connects with ChatGPT. Um, and, but it's really really good, and um, I use that my whole team. It's a lot less expensive than most of the other AI writing apps. And there's a trick there. Uh, I don't know how much I want to say. <laughs> But if you if you install Zimwriter on a uh, like a shared like a OneDrive account or even you could possibly even be done in, in Google um, uh, Google Drive. But as long as it's syncing to your desktop and you install it into that, you can have team members all sync to the same OneDrive the account same one. and use one installation. And so I have I have one installation for my link building team that does all the content generation, and then I have another one that I use for my myself. And, uh, and so we've got 18 writers for my link building business and all 18 of them use one Zim writer installation. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And then probably one other tool that I like to use a lot to help deploy these 
PBN sites very quickly is CTRify. CTRify is a fabulous tool. And the, uh, the developer, his name is Alberto. He's really, really good and responsive. He's actually integrated a lot of functions into that tool uh, for me specifically. And um, it's, it's just the, the amount of development that he, he's putting into that. I use that to develop a lot of my PBN sites. Uh, it's called CTRify.com. It's a it. fantastic tool. <laughs> I'm opening them all now because then first thing in the morning, what I'll do is when I get in, I'll have a team meeting with all my guys and then I'll get straight on and start looking at all these tools. That was why I asked you. And what about one that's underestimated? I think there's one out there that people are like, ah, and they don't quite get it. Like like Reune's the one for me. Reune, the, 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 the scraper, the amount, how yeah. quick I can find 50 XY domains. Um, if I want to do that, I could spend a day and I'll have 50 decent XY domains in a niche all pretty close to where I want them. Um, um. For me, I would say probably, in my opinion, just because I'm I'm so heavy into link building right now, I think Majestic is underused because I think most SEOs in the industry still swear that Ahrefs is gospel, and uh, and you know I I canceled my serve my my subscription to Ahrefs once I kind of really discovered that links is all about relevance, and I use Majestic. And by the way, Majestic's significantly less expensive than any of those yeah. other backlink analysis tools. Yeah, it's ninety nine bucks a month for a pro account, man, or forty nine dollars a month for a light account. And that, that's, I mean, I have an API account because we have, yeah. you know, we use it so heavy, but um, $99 a month, man, gives you all the functionality you need to be able to do competitive link intelligence research and all that kind of stuff, topical relevance, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I know I said that was one of my favorites and probably, but it's also probably one of the underutilized because most of the members that come into our group, they're still swearing by SEMrush and S, uh, Ahrefs and all that. And I keep telling them like, hey, there's a lot of, those tools do other things that are valuable. I get it. But if you're yeah. if you're doing link intelligence, uh, you know, analysis and things like that, I think there's no better tool than Majestic, in my opinion. Does Majestic do broken link checking? Uh, the reason I'm asking that is what I like to do is go to sites, the big sites, and and script and actually scrape the site for broken links. Ahrefs brilliant for that. You can go to any site, type it in, it'll pull back all the broken links. Like I've got one of my my URLs, I've got a, a link from um, uh, Screaming Frog. Mm-hmm. The Screaming Frog, somebody who had a, a direct link from Screaming Frog years ago, they lost their domain name. But I did it because I went to Screaming Frog and searched the site for broken links. Um, and I've got I've got like links from lots of different Wikipedia pages because I'll go onto Wikipedia mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll book I've done that, I'll yeah. scrape and ones in different countries um, and and get Wikipedia links because in some areas because it's not been changed they've mm-hmm. not thinking it and because i get in there quick enough i don't they obviously don't swap the 404 and take it down well i don't know how it works but i know i've got tons of links from things like that from 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 domain names that were dinghy to but that that's my favorite thing with ahrefs um, yeah I, never I, I, don't, I don't know that majestic has that function if it has I've, I've not i've never used it because i use pbn lab to to kind of crawl sites to look for broken backlinks um, but so, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I think Majestic is, is, is probably my, my favorite underutilized tool because it's inexpensive and a lot of people, you know, are coming from Ahrefs paying 250, 300 bucks a month. And then I'm like, man, you can get all the link intelligence for 99 bucks a month. And so a lot of people like that, but I've paid um, Ahrefs for a year. And the reason I do that is because otherwise I cancel it. Cause I hate seeing that massive lump yeah. coming out every month. It pisses me off even yeah. though. So what would you think is the next big thing in SEO? One last question. I said one last question a minute ago, but I'm, I'm enjoying picking your brain. Um, well, obviously all the AI stuff and the, you know, generative search and all that kind of stuff, I, you know, it's going to change things for us. I don't know that it's going to change things in search as drastically as maybe we initially, as, as a lot of people initially thought. 
but I, 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 you know, I, we're going to have to change our optimization strategies. I mean, like, here's one of the things that uh, we're all aware of in the local SEO space is Google keeps pushing organic or non-paid results further and further down. So in yep. the United States, man, for local search queries, now there's the guaranteed search ads at the top, which is the guaranteed providers or whatever. Then there's the regular ads below that. Then there's the maps pack that is oftentimes now a maps five pack with the first two listings being ads. Yeah. So like before you ever get to a non-paid maps profile, you like have to scroll like it's below the fold in some cases. So like you have to scroll past three sections of ads before you ever get to the first organic or non-paid result, which is usually going to be in the mass pack and then organics below that. So I think, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say this because, you know, I do, I do run Google ads, but um, I've, I've never been super proficient at them. Like I'm in, and I feel like in local SEO, we're all going to have to become better at paid search too. Uh, because I otherwise, know, yeah. like it's just we're we're we're, liter- we're literally keep getting pushed further and further down for the non-paid stuff. So Google is punishing SEOs and trying to push more people into paid ads. And so I feel like in order for us to continue to be more like effective in local SEO, that we're going to have to strike a balance between organic and map search as well as paid search. How would you feel about the changes to rich snippets? You know that they're, they're removing the rich snippet now, aren't they? they yeah, they're, they're going to be creating an AI-generated rich snippet. But there's a positive to it and a negative to it. The, 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 before, there was 10. In fact, they've got forever scroll now, aren't they? But let's say there's 10 listings on the first page of Google. Only one of them could get the rich snippet. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, the rich snippet is going to be AI, but there's going to be the three most relevant websites to the right of it. So, so the potential is 30% instead of 10%. If you're on the first page, then you are getting the rich snippet. And that's going to sit above everything. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's a positive for SEOs or a negative? I won't know until we see it in the wild and can measure the results, like, yeah. you know, the effect, measure the effect. Um, we're, we're, everything we're writing at the minute is going into rich snippet format. And the reason okay. we're doing it in rich snippet format is because they're removing the original rich snippet, which is cool. But I think what's going to happen is a lot of SEOs are going to stop writing in rich snippet formats because they're like, oh, well, they're deleting it. But when you look at it, there's actually three sites up there. And if there's an AI generated rich snippet for every single question, then that means there's going to be a fucking, there's going to be three spots right at the top of everything that's going to be, that's that's in rich, that's going to show websites that are writing in a rich snippet format. Um, So we're kind of looking at it as a positive. I'm praying, hoping. Yeah. Because we, we, we never know until we see what actually yeah. happens in the wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't. We're we're changing it because we're we're in a hope that that's going to. And usually, when I when I put, apply a bit of logic to something, it normally kind of pans out. Yes. Um, but I'm also looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, Google probably makes what thirty percent, forty percent of 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 its ad revenue from Google Ads, but probably sixty or seventy percent from display ads, mm-hmm. which are on websites. Meaning. Is it really going to push us completely off the page when most of its revenue is coming from them display ads? And the only reason Google is so popular is because of the relevance. And I keep looking at it and thinking to myself, the, 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 the bringing the relevance of the front page down, 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 this is going to leave an opening for somebody or something um, like, like, like AI search and things like that to come in and steal a massive chunk of that yeah. fucking search because they're, they're, they're slowly stepping away from relevance and allowing 
the, the, the pockets to, to, to make the decisions for them. So I'm kind of looking at it and thinking to myself, you can't keep doing it because eventually that, that's what's going to happen. And then they're going to be like, shit, we need to spin it back. Um, and you know what? They're like Google make big fucking changes in, in a matter of weeks. They're like, all right, this is this has changed. It's not working. Let's go back. So I keep hoping that relevance is going to, it's going to seep through. I could be fucking wrong. We don't know. Come back, yeah. And I, I don't know that it will. And that's, I mean, you, you said, what are you think are the biggest changes? Well, I think one of the biggest changes could be that somebody, some some other technology or search technology comes out that AI search, something that is going to compete with Google even and, and take a large part of the market share from Google. I say that because that's always a potential, right? There's always that possibility. Yep. But at the same time, Google is a monster. Like in that it is so big and has so much money that, you know, it, it, I, I don't know how quickly somebody's going to knock them off their pedestal, if at all. But there's certainly that possibility. I think that's more of a real possibility now um, than it has been in any time in the past is that, you know, there are other emerging technologies that can be competitive with Google as far as providing a user experience that's more beneficial to the, the, the searcher than, it, than Google for sure, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like Xerox, isn't it? Remember back in the day when they were doing photocopies, it's like yep. people would say, "Make me a Xerox," and then and nowadays they don't say "make a search," they say "make do, Google it." Google it, yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes a brand can get so big that a word becomes synonymous with it when the word doesn't actually yep. mean the brand; it means something completely different. Um, and I think that's happened. Like like them post-it fucking notes and little yellow sticky notes yep. um people will call things a post-it even if it's not or, or back in the day they would i guess i guess yeah knocking somebody off that's taken that, that pedestal is is it's going to be hard work yeah yeah so any of our guys i mean obviously um it's been awesome having you on you fucking Thanks, the, the, the knowledge you've dropped is amazing i'll actually this is one of the few podcasts i'll watch back myself um, and make me team watch um uh, because they'll learn a ton from it how do people get older if people want to work with you? People want to be coached. People want to be trained as SSEO. Where do they go? How do they, uh, how do they get older? Easiest thing to do is just go check us out on YouTube or our YouTube channel, Semantic Mastery. Just go to YouTube.com, search for Semantic Mastery or YouTube.com slash Semantic Mastery. You'll go right to the channel. Uh, and then just get plugged into our weekly free Q&A webinars called Hump Day Hangouts. We just did episode 847 yesterday. Um, I've been doing so that a while we, now. Yeah, we've been doing it for nine years now. Uh, literally nine years, we've been doing hump day hangouts uh, every single Wednesday. Um, so yeah, you guys come check us out over there, ask questions. Um, you know, we, we go live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, but you can post questions ahead of time in a questions form so that we can, you know, that, uh, and I always pull up the uh, spreadsheet with the questions that were, were submitted by the form. And I answer those questions on the webinar. And then also if there's time, I end up answering live questions as well. But it's an hour and it's free every single week. And that's the easiest way to just get in plugged into what we do at Semantic Mastery. I'm not here to pitch you guys on anything. So, but I do want to point out that I, I did offer this to you, Mike, and I, I hope, hope, you know, feel free to send your, your audience to it. But the local PBN, uh, finding how to find and build local PBNs, again, it's a very manual process, but I have a full a training pro- program that I'll give Is you guys S- for free. SMS smshort.link forward slash local hyphen pbn is that, is that one you put in the chat yeah and all like, you do is just go register there like it, that's like the backdoor link to allow you to register for a free account into our community and that will only give you access to that training course but it's a training course specifically on how to go out and find research domains uh that and find domains with local relevance so that you can start building your own local pbn um and like I said, it's a, it's a great, it's a great method that I, I spent several months kind of developing and testing to make sure that it worked and it was duplicatable. 
And that's what we do for our link building clients now. And it's incredibly powerful. So um, all of you doing local, I would encourage you to niche down, pick a freaking industry, learn that industry, know more about it than the business owners in that industry, and then start building your digital assets to support all the SEO work in that industry. Boom, now you're off to the races. And if you and I ever get a, you know, when we, when the next time we get a chance to talk, Mike, uh, you know, I, I feel like the biggest problem in our, our industry right now is that, again, people are always trying to find the next SEO tactic to make money. But they everyone's really... looking for quick wins, and it's not all the old shit that we've been doing since fucking ten yeah. years ago. Still works just as well as it ever did. It's like find the boring shit, find something that works. If you do it once, and then do it fucking a thousand scale times, fifteen hundred times, go, yeah. go, 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 go. Then find out how to scale it, and just keep doing the same shit. And that that's where the big money. And that's the same with businesses, with any business. I don't know right. what you're doing, right? If picking up the phone and ringing a business and getting that's the phone it. slammed down on you fifty times a day but 51 you always you always get a client then just fucking make 300 calls a day <laughs> that's right that's right just, and that's the thing that man was- i'll tell you everything changed for me when i got when i kind of just started focusing on marketing and sales and it it, yeah. it changed everything man and i and i mean that and i i want to see more people in our space start making the kind of money that they deserve and i see too many people struggling in this industry because it's always like as soon as i learn the next seo method i'm going to go crush it no, man, it never, it never pans out. You got to learn how to sell it. You got, you know, there's, there's other things that go into having a successful SEO business, not just knowing how to rank shit. So yeah. I, I think like one of the things that I kind of want to shift semantic mastery more towards is doing more uh, SEO sales training than just SEO training. Cause there's a lot of really good, smart SEOs out there, you included that. So I don't want to compete with all you guys when I can help other people get really good at the selling part of it, marketing and sales for SEO services, because I've actually gotten pretty damn good at that over the last couple of years. And so I feel like I can talk about that. Um, uh, you know, I can educate and help to mentor other people to make more money. And that's really what I want to see. I mean, like semantic links alone, like I said, we got 28 full-time employees now. And it's nuts because that's a lot of families that we're helping because of the money that, and I pay my, my people all by per yeah, task. You think <laughs> that, right? But then if you actually look at how many fucking businesses you keep in a flow, oh, yeah. and how many businesses that make a oh, living yeah. off all the leads you're generating, that's how I used to look at it. Cause we had like seven, 800 subcontractors at one time taking fucking leads off us. And it's like, oh, all them people and all them families and all their kids and everybody, like you're actually doing something super that's right. positive, aren't you? That's right. And, and I think that's important. And I know that a lot of the people in our space have the potential to do all that, but they're, they're, they're focusing on the wrong things. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn SEO. You absolutely should. But you should take a big portion of your time and your effort and focus in on the marketing and sales because that's where the money's made, not the fulfillment you have to fulfill yeah. for your clients. But you got to sell to generate the revenue. <laughs> so like, why is everybody always focused on just SEO when you really should be focusing on generating the revenue? And by the way, once you have a, when you're, when your business is flush with cash, you can get shit done, right? You yeah, can you hire people, people, you can outsource, find white label providers, whatever. So put yourself under pressure, go out and sell a shit ton of SEO services and have, and when you freak out because you don't know how you're going to fulfill all that, well, now you've got cash and sales cares all, right? If you've got cash, you can get, make stuff happen. So just get on the phone and fucking ring around and find someone. Even if you break even making all them sales, you've got a ton of happy customers that's going to give you testimonials, which means you can make a ton more. And every time you do it, you, your process streamlines a little bit better, a little bit better. Yep. Um, and I find, I find that's the important thing. Uh, Bradley, 
Thank you very, very much, mate. It's been fucking awesome. It's been too long. We need to we need to speak more often. I know it's been a couple of years. And it's I'm going to invite you to my hump day hangouts, man. So uh, I'll follow up with you after the call. And uh, yeah, let's get you scheduled for that. I'd love to have you come join us for that. Definitely, mate. Especially when you're talking about the sales training. I've just done a sales training like fucking about two weeks ago for all my guys. Awesome. Um, and it's all about the sales training I do with the local sites is all designed for people to... Um, basically you get paid from giving shit away and the okay. way that all the different strategies i use is the, the, the booking fee model which is a booking fee model which the second the phone starts ringing you're making money um all the way through to the point where you're doing business um partnerships with people and you're getting a percentage of, of, of income generated but there's that many different strategies i've got about five or six strategies i've used over the years I'd love i've got to about hear them. Different strategies i've used but five or six of them that we use still to this day in all different situations, which basically puts you in a position where it's like, if you're in this situation, then you can fucking annihilate, you can make shitloads of money and annihilate an industry very, very easily because everyone else, I mean, one of the hardest things to get in people to do in lead generation is sell leads multiple times. And I've said this for fucking years. If I can afford to spend 50 fucking dollars on generating one lead because I'm selling it three times at $30 each, the guy that's selling it once for $30 or even $40 or even 50 fucking dollars can't compete with me because I'm making more money than he is. Yeah. And that's one of the key things that is difficult to get into people's heads. But if they can understand that selling a lead multiple times for a business works really well. And also for a customer, right? The person, the customer, the person that you owe something to is not the lead buyer. It's the fucking person that's actually p- putting the information in your website. Yeah. Right. And, and because of that, if they get three quotes from three businesses and those three businesses, are, are, one of them takes the piss and tries to rip them off. The other two is going to, they're going to see through it straight away and not get ripped off. And that's one of the things people don't understand in lead gen. They think they're working for the lead buyers. They're not. They're working for the person that comes to your website that leaves the fucking testimonials, that leaves the reviews, yeah. that comes back and fills in their information over and over and over and over again and keeps using you and making you more money. And when people understand that, when they get that switch in the brain and they understand that, they don't mind selling leads four or five times each then because if you can sell it four or five times, you can afford to, to, to generate way more leads than anyone else. Like you said, we paid ads. And if you can generate way more leads than anyone else, the lead buyers eventually come to you. That's why big companies like fucking, what's that one that's changed its name now to Angie or some shit? Yeah, yeah Home Advisor. And then Angie they, now, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they fucking, they sell leads six, seven, eight times. Every country in the world hates them. But you know who doesn't hate them? The customer. The person that fills in the form and goes to the thing doesn't hate them because the fucking customer is getting a good service. And they're the person that matters, not the lead buyer doesn't need to be happy. Anyway, yeah. I could talk about this all day. I won't. Yeah. I'll say thank you very, very much for being here. <laughs> guys, I will see you on the next bite, Martin Ask. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheers. Guys. Bye-bye.